Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's nothing they can ask me that I won't give them a proper answer to. Some people will like it. Some people won't like I it. I agree with that. But look, you let, answer the let question. Biden sit through an interview like this. He'll be underground crying for mommy. He'll say, mommy, mommy, please take me home. Well, we've asked him for an interview, sir. He can't do an interview. He's incompetent. There's we have a problem. We need to admit it and own it. But we've got to do the things that are very clear that we need to do to turn this around. Remembering we can do it. We know that when you do it properly, you bring down those cases. We've done it. We've done it in New York. New York got hit worse than any place in the world. And they did it correctly. Um, evictions at their core are about power. And it's about how people use a certain degree of power over you and the vulnerable and the working class. Ah, power. The most powerful person in the United States legislature, the United States Congress, AOC. Man, this has been a, this has been a fun couple of days. Sorry, I fell behind a little bit. I, I, I didn't intend to take do two days off at uh, in a in a chunk, but this week will be a good week. We have a lot coming up. Some good uh, some good guests as well as we go through the week. So, so some interesting things have been happening. One, this uh, activist in Manhattan named Bevelyn Beatty. She's a Christian activist of, of some sort, appears to be pro-Trump, and she's been jumping on to the, on Fifth Avenue where it says Black Lives Matter in the on the road. She's been jumping over the the security uh, railing fence that they've put up there, and she's been throwing blue paint on the Black Lives Matter um, graffiti or logo, whatever it is, officially city-sanctioned uh, painting. She's a black woman, and, and there's two of... There's, it's her and there's another young woman. 
And they, um, they've been doing this stuff. And it's remarkable. She did it one day. Everybody yells at them as they do it. She did it one day. The cops finally go in there in in Buster. And she gets bailed out and does it again. It's crazy. And it's like become this this uh, it, it, this incredible um, display in the middle of the street that all sorts of people are noticing and that it's and she started to get to, she started getting started to get a lot of notoriety. Oh, sorry about that. Hold on. Bev? Bev, let's take it down a little bit. Take it down. You want to just lie to the police for black people? You're lying. No, we're not standing with Black Lives Matter. We want our police. Refund our police. Refund, Refund our, our police. police. Y'all don't care about black lives. Y'all don't care about black lives. Refund the police. Refund the police. They say black lives matter. They say black lives matter, right? They say black lives matter. Oh, they don't care about black lives. They don't care about black lives. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. So she is crawling along there. She's got paint buckets. She's throwing the paint all over the ground. The cops are now following her, trying to get her. The paint's very greasy. One of the cops actually takes a, a header. Actually fell in his arm and seemed to be uh, injured, and I hope he's all right. But she's doing this thing, just she shouting out, and, and carrying the paint, and she's going and spreading the paint with her hands. It is wild, wild. And some of the onlookers who are very pro-Black Lives Matter and just very against what's happening here are very vocal about it. We fund the police! We fund the police! We fund the police! We fund the police! That was bleep you, is what they're saying. But you know what? It is... It's remarkable because if you watch this, any of the video, there are a bunch of people, the pro, 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 sorry. Okay, Tom, here we go. Here we go. Pro protester, pro BLM, who are yelling at the cops saying, well, how did you, why did you let this happen? Why didn't you do anything? You know, irony of all ironies. How beautiful is that? Why didn't you do anything, police? Who we want to defund, who we want to in some place, uh, some places abolish completely, depending upon what particular department of law enforcement you fall into. Remember, law enforcement races from front to back. That's possibly the next uh, vice president nominee, Liz Warren. And they're saying, "Why aren't you helping us, please? Why aren't you helping us?" And the cops are taking their time. If I'm the cops, I'm not gonna, I'm not going in there to, uh, to, to tackle a black woman who's riding on. The street, you've been sanctioning people to write on the street in their own protest way. Somehow the first wave of protests when they do this, that is not vandalism, but what she's doing is. And this is the, the, way, the, uh, the way de Blasio and other mayors around the country have wrapped themselves up, tied themselves up in knots now. It's not really, the, he's, it just completely exposes them as hypocritical. And there's no way to... To get out of it. I mean, she is somebody. She is somebody who, who I believe we're supposed to listen to. We were supposed to shut up and listen to her uncomfortable truth, right? Bevelyn Beatty was giving us an uncomfortable truth. It's just crazy. And, and please, please, why aren't you helping us? Why aren't you helping us? Well, you know what? Let's take some time and think about that. Uh, there is a one point that uh, a reporter did catch up to Beverly Beatty where she's not shouting totally and, and uh, pleads her case. Ladies and gentlemen, we in Brooklyn. 
and it ain't over. Jesus matters. We're taking our country back. We're taking it back. And let me tell you something. The police need our help. They can't stand alone. Don't just sit by idly and watch your country go to the ground. Stand with your police force. Vote for Trump. Vote Republican. Vote for Christians and stand up Christians. The ungodly, demonic, antichrist people out of this nation. Please. Yeah, the second uh, young woman there, I, maybe she should uh, hone her messaging a little bit before we go into the demonic messaging zone. If you're, uh, anyway, it's just very interesting to see, and uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't condone vandalism of any kind. It was interesting that, you know, she did get arrested. All she did was throw paint in the middle of the street, the street that's just been painted. Now, voters didn't vote to have that was not a referendum question to have the street painted like that that was that was uh, unilateral that was de blasio saying he was going to do it and he was all for it and he was there rolling paint pushing his thing with sharpton next to him and she went over and she expressed herself in what's considered now has been mainstreamed codified really into into a permissible political speech her own protest message and she got arrested for it now Hundreds, if not thousands, of people burned and looted stores, and arrests were not widespread, or certainly prosecutions, compared to the uh, the numbers of the criminal, the size of the criminal activity. But no, Beverly has been arrested, and I'm sure they'll throw the book at her like they did with uh, with uh, Cy Vance, the district attorney for the Southern District, throwing the book at the woman who uh, who threatened to call nine one one at the guy, the bird watcher in the in the um, in Central Park. Now, I don't like or the woman who did that. She's not my kind of person. Uh, but to have the district attorney get up there as if they busted John Gotti, it's a misdemeanor. Calm down. The big news over the weekend, in the, which has already gotten, this is Sunday right now, so this is erupting all over the internet, is Donald Trump's interview with Chris Wallace. And I love this interview. I'm a Chris Wallace guy. I know that a lot of people, pro-Trump people, hate him. And I voted for Trump, in, but I love him. I think he's a very good reporter. He's a, he's a hard-nosed reporter. I think he gives it to everybody, though. I think he's tough on everybody. And Trump had, Trump's way of political debate is street smack talk. So he can throw down with somebody in his way. And it, what you've got is Chris Wallace trying to it's a wrestling match chris wallace is trying to use very disciplined old style um you know journalism interrogation or you know um interview where he doesn't back down whatsoever he holds he every time trump or most times trump tries to pivot and get away from um you know with the area where chris wallace wants to concentrate and trump tries to pivot out of there wallace has another move to try to get him back in there and likewise, Trump doesn't accept every premise that Chris Wallace has and calls him on it. And it's really these two guys at, at doing what they're most skillful at. And I liked it. Let's start. Listen to a little Chris Wallace with Donald Trump. Um, it's just so, this is so good. You know, there. this is in the era of Trump. Everybody is in the show. So at some point, Kaylee McEnany, press secretary of the president will be called in 
to join this uh, this battle royale. But when you talk about mortality rates, I think it's the opposite. I think we have one of the lowest mortality it's rates true, in the sir. world. We, well, we, we're going to we take a, a look. We had 900 deaths on a single day. We will this, take a look. This week. Ready? I, you can uh, check it out. Could you please get me the mortality? He looks over at, at McEnany and the, the press people, and he, he's... He wants them to bring this stuff right now so we can, you know, rub it in. Right? Yeah. Kaylee's right here. I heard we have one of the lowest, maybe the lowest mortality I- rate anywhere in the world. Do you have the numbers, please? <laughs> because I heard we had the best mortality rate. The case rate of similarly situated countries as Burke points out. And this is number, number one low mortality rate. <laughs> number one. I hope you. Number one low mortality rate. Show the scenario because it shows what fake news is all about. Okay, okay I don't ahead. think I'm fake news. So I don't think I'm fake news, says Chris Wallace. It was good. It was good for Trump. It was kind of a gotcha moment. So Wallace promises him that he'll he'll put it in the interview, you know, their own research, and they do. You're going to hear a voiceover in a moment. We'll put our stats you on. You said we had the worst mortality rate in the world, I and we have the best. The All right, it's a little complicated, but bear with us. We went with numbers from Johns Hopkins University, which charted the mortality rate for 20 countries hit by the virus. The U.S. ranked seventh, better than the United Kingdom, but worse than Brazil and Russia. The White House went with this chart from the European CDC, which shows Italy and Spain doing worse, but countries like Brazil and South Korea doing better. Other countries doing better, like Russia, aren't included in the White House chart. We'll call that a draw. That was uh, very skillful of Trump and very skillful of of Chris Wallace as well. The problem with the COVID-19 is uh, there is a surge right now and there is a surge of cases. Obviously there is a surge of testing and and there into uh, hospitality uh, hospitality. Sorry, I come from a hospitality field. Hospi- hospitalization rates have risen as well and deaths are up. Now deaths haven't spiked up, but they're up. There it's I think we're at the 800 level again and we'll see what happens and what that turns into but you know there there are a lot of factors. there's no one consensus other than more people are testing for the, the the disease at the moment so they move on to the competence of um joe biden and they get on to this the uh, an acuity test uh no well, actually that comes later anyway Trump contends that Biden would never stand the grilling that Trump could stand. There's nothing they can ask me that I won't give them a proper answer to. Some people will like it. Some people won't like it. I agree with that. But look, you answer the question. Let Biden sit through an interview like this. He'll be on the ground crying for mommy. He'll say, mommy, mommy, please take me home. Well, we've asked him for an interview, sir. He can't do an interview. He's incompetent. There's nothing they can ask. Okay. All right. Can't do an interview. I mean, that is a good thing for Trump to be saying at this moment, to be reminding Americans that Joe Biden has lost a step. Just politically, I'm not saying it's a nice thing or a classy thing to do, but that subject should be coming up. And if if it has to get into the news cycle that way, by Trump answering it, by Trump throwing in there that Biden's incompetent, that he can't stand the heat, then... That's that's okay. That's wise. It's it's still not going to win back Trump suburban women, but it, it, a lot of this race is going to be like last time. Or if Trump has a shot, a lot of this race will be like last time, where you're voting against Joe Biden. What he's got to show is Joe Biden doesn't have the chops anymore, the mental acuity to handle the job. 
He's got to show that Joe Biden will cede over the country to the violence uh, uh, mobs in this Marxist cloud that's uh, coming, overtaking common sense in societal norms and all these institutions. Trump's got to say that I'm the person who can do that. Biden's the person who's going to only propagate and promulgate more of this stuff, and that's why you need me. And I am put it back, get Biden, say things about Biden, it puts him on his heels. That's what Trump needs to do. They talk about the bases, the military bases, and no matter where you are in the renaming this stuff, I think there's a case, I mean, there are certainly legitimate cases if, if you wanted to rename some of these bases that were named after Confederates or um, racists or whatever. But one thing for Trump that I like about him is that there are areas where his resolve just doesn't seem to shake. I mean, he's standing by these bases. And to a lot of people, especially older voters, and Trump needs to to win the hearts of uh, some some of his older voters back, this is about saving institutions. And so the general theme, I think, is not unwise. The National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, you have threatened to veto it because in the bill, and this is supported by Republicans as well as Democrats, it would rename army bases named for Confederate generals. Now, this is a bill that funds military operations. It gives soldiers a pay raise. Yeah. You're going to veto no, that? because they'll get their pay raise. Hey, look, don't tell me this. I got soldiers, the biggest pay raises in the history of our... Understood. Ding, 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 ding. Good point, Mr. Trump. Good point, Mr. President. That is excellent. And you had the the host, the interviewer, the interrogator acknowledge it. Of our military. I got soldiers, brand new equipment, brand new jets, brand new rockets, brand new 2.5 trillion. I did more for the military than any president that's ever had this you're office. Veto this because thing? I think that Fort Bragg, Fort Robert and Lee, all of these forts that have been named that way for a long time, decades and decades. But the military says they're Excuse for me. This. Excuse me. I don't care what the military says. I do. I'm supposed to make the decision. Fort Bragg is a big deal. By the way, damn right. And just because you had a slew of, uh, in the last three or four weeks ago, a slew of former generals who were all angry at Trump, who all said, now we realize suddenly that Robert E. Lee was a Confederate general and we shouldn't have named stuff after him. And we had we had the stars and bars on our, our um, you know, troop transports. Now we realize that that was bad, et cetera, et cetera. No, no, no. These generals can say what they want. At the end of the day, he's the top man. And the fact, him establishing that in this answer is a good thing. We won two world wars. Nobody even knows General Bragg. We won two world wars. Go to that community where Fort Bragg is in a great state. I love that state. Go to, go to the community. Say, how do you like the idea of renaming Fort Bragg? And then what are we going to name it? You're going to name it after the Reverend Al Sharpton? So now that is being flagged as a purely racist thing to say. I don't think it's racist, a racist thing to say. Sharpton has been infused into the Black Lives Matter marches and protests and the renaming narrative. He is right there talking about this. He's probably, I mean, can you think of the name of a more notable Black Lives Matter person or a more notable person that's been in the last few weeks and, you know, marching with these with these folks in in a a, a a media a higher profile media person than than Sharpton it's i think it's valid it's fine not everything trump says is racist you're going to name it chris tell me what you're going to name it 
So there's a whole thing here. We won two world wars. Two world wars. Beautiful world wars. <laughs> How Trump is that? Beautiful world wars. It's not that I don't think that he thinks that necessarily they're beautiful. But, and I'm already having this problem today because none of the words I need are coming to my mind. But Trump doesn't have an alternative to the positive feeling he gets when he thinks about the wars. He doesn't have a way to impress it into into an, a word. So he just says beautiful. So there you go. That were vicious and horrible. And we want them out of Fort Bragg. We want them out of all of these forts. That now they want to throw those names away. And no, I'm against that. And you know what? Most other people are. And I even, I don't believe in polls because I see the fakest polls I've ever seen. But that poll is a 64% thing, which actually surprised me. We won world wars out of these, out of these military bases. No, I'm not going to go changing them. I'm not going to so go you'll changing them. I might. Yeah, I might. Not going to go changing them. Now, when Matthew, when, well, uh, Chris Wallace says, so you veto them, he says, I might. And there you go. Trump qualifying his solid, resolve-filled screed about the defending the bases, qualifying it with, you know, we'll see. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Let us see. Um, when was he? Oh, at some point he's going, goes back and forth with about Biden in an acuity test. And that he took this acuity test, and it's supposedly it's really easy. I should have gotten a one, but you know what? I'm not going to take too much of your time. So Trump took the acuity test. Chris Wallace took the acuity test, and they like. And now he'd like Biden to take it. This is about. Uh, it comes off of some polling that shows that people have more faith in Biden in some of the issues. Who is more competent? Who's got whose mind is sounder? Biden beats you in that. Well, I tell you what. Uh, let's take a test. Let's take a test right now. Let's go down. Joe and I will take a test. Let him take the same test that I took. Incidentally, I took the test, too, when I heard that you passed it. Yeah, how did it's you not do the it? Hard, well, it's not the hardest test. No, but the it last... It has a picture, and it says, let's not, and it's an elephant. No, no, no. You see, that's all misrepresentation. Well, that's what it was on the web. It's all misrepresentation. Because, yes, the first few questions are easy. But I'll bet you couldn't even answer the last five questions. I'll bet you couldn't. They get very hard, the last five well, questions. Well, one of them was count back from 100 by 7. <laughs> I don't know how hard they get. I don't believe that 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 they probably get all that uh, difficult. But uh, 100 by 7, I think I could probably do that. Let me tell you. You couldn't answer. You couldn't answer. All right, what's the question? Many of the questions. I'd get you the test. I'd like to give it. But right. I guarantee you that Joe Biden could not answer those questions. Okay. okay? Uh, you, and you I answered about, all 35 questions correctly. You you talk about how people, who is more competent? Who's got, whose mind? Well, there you go. I'm trying to find this test here. Cognitive exam. Huh. I'll try to find it at some point. Um, Chris, well, in, in talk about resolve. There's Trump not. Here's Trump also again not changing an answer now for four years. I think mail-in voting is is going to rig the election. I really do. Uh, Are you suggesting that you might not accept the results of the election? I have to say, look. Hillary Clinton asked me the same thing. No, I asked you the same no, no, thing in the debate. There is a tradition in this country, in fact, one of the prides of this country, is the peaceful transition of power, and that no matter how hard-fought a campaign is, that at the end of the campaign, 
that the loser concedes to the winner, not saying that you're necessarily going to be the loser or the winner, but that the loser concedes to the winner and that the country comes together in part for the good of the country. Are you saying you're not prepared now to commit to that principle? What I'm saying is that I will tell you at the time. I'll keep you in suspense. Well, okay? Chris. And you know what? She's the one that never accepted I it. I agree. She never accepted her loss. And but she it, looks like can a you fool. Give a, can you give a direct answer? You will accept the election? I have to see. Look, you, I have to see. No, I'm not going to just say yes. I'm not going to say no. And I didn't last time either. There you go. He's not going to say it. Didn't last time either. I'm looking at this test. And part of it is lines with animals. Or for sort of, let me see. Visual spatial executive version one. Draw a clock 10 past 11. That's a question. I could do that. Name these animals. There's a lion and a rhinoceros and a camel. I get that. Read list of words. Subject must repeat them. Okay, that's what they do. I can't. Okay. Must repeat them. Uh, do two trials. Even if first trial is successful, do a recall after five minutes. Ooh. So the list of words is face, velvet, church, daisy, and red. You have to repeat them. Ready? Face, velvet, church, daisy, and red. All right, it did okay in the first try. I don't want to try it again, actually. I'm afraid I'm afraid I'm going to fail this mental acuity test in front of you. I'll post this test in the show notes just to see. Let's see. Delayed recall. Um, has has to recall words. Oh, it's all the same words. Okay. Language. Repeat. I only know that John is the one to help today. The cat always hid under the couch when dogs were in the room. What am I supposed to do with that? Okay, subtraction, starting at 100. 93. Maybe I'm not going to pass this test. All right, let's get back to some of this sound from the weekend. Get you started with a good injection of all the uh, relevant audio as you move into this week. That Up here in the Northeast, it's going to be very hot. This might be my favorite part of the interview. This is uh, Trump and Wallace going at it over... Uh, over Trump's treatment of Wallace. Some people were surprised. Some people were surprised when you agreed to this interview to sit down with me. What are you going to ask? Especially <laughs> because of some of the mean tweets that you've said about me. Mike Wallace wannabe, nasty and obnoxious. I will tell you, after that one, my son Peter, whom you've met, called and he said, nasty, no, obnoxious, maybe. <laughs> but here's the question. One of your beefs seems to be that I put Democrats on the show and I ask them questions. And, and I guess the question I have is, don't you understand it's my job to put Democrats on as well as Republicans and to ask them probing questions just like I ask Republicans? I'm not a big fan of Fox. I'll be honest with you. They've changed a lot since Roger Ailes. And I watch people like Swalwell, who I don't even know. He goes on the show. He got less than 1%. All of a sudden, he's on being... It's exactly. He doesn't want guys like Swallow Swalwell going on the show. Fox has changed. Uh, I don't. I don't not. I'm not necessarily always in love with Fox. The uh, you know what you get with Hannity and Laura Ingram, and that's coming right out of the RNC generally, or they're big Trump fans as well. And, and Trump does have some a more than some um, divergent beliefs, and certainly more divergent actions than what you get out of the RNC. But uh, Brett Baird is fantastic at what he does. Tucker Carlson, he's he's become more of a nuanced thinker than ever. 
He's his show is very well written, with the exception of anybody racist on the staff. And um, and I like uh, uh, Harris Faulkner and, and some of those, some of the people do, they do a good show. The staff, the reporting is very good on Fox. The actual reporting is good. What you're getting from the White House, etc., is good. I'm just I'm not a huge fan of uh, Fox. I do try to watch uh, Tucker. Just see what he's got for for angles on things, and they do a lot of daring stuff on talk with Tucker, and most of it has panned out to be correct. I mean, he really, you know, shot a torpedo into the whole uh, Russian hacking thing. If you look into it and dig into it, there's not a lot of hard evidence that Russian Russian incursion into, um, you, you know the the uh, you know the the hacking was was a large scale thing and was could be um, Tom. Let's try to speak like somebody who's not a moron for a second. What I'm saying is this: the guys who run CrowdStrike really couldn't make the direct connection to the DNC hack and the Russians. They said it looked a lot like Russians. They assumed it was a Russian style attack, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But on the DNC servers, which they housed and did not hand over to the FBI. The connection was tepid. Okay? There you go. So he wraps it up. Trump wraps it up, and Chris Wallace asks him to essentially rate his presidency. Whether it's in 2021 or 2025, how will you regard your years as president of the United States? I think I was very unfairly treated. Uh, from before I even won, I was under investigation by a bunch of thieves, crooks. It was an illegal <laughs> investigation. But what about the, Russia, good, Russia, what about Russia. the good parts there? No, no, I want to go this. I have done more than any president in history in the first... Isn't that interesting? He goes right to very, fairly, very... Okay. Treated very unfairly. Maybe I had a stroke. He goes right to treated very unfairly, and that is very Trump. He always, and generally that's considered bad box office to be feeling bad for yourself like that that said he has been treated unfairly there's no doubt about that we just talked about the russian collusion and that thing was whole cloth whole cloth a creation that was a manufactured thing in the media many in the media knew it they'd already seen the dossier and, and walked over it walked past it and said this is bs and it was just a creation and it was to see now with more of the struck notes and the Mueller probe information coming out and the and uh, the comey Intel now coming out that shows that they had propagated this BS about Flynn to keep an investigation rolling along with the administration so they could either snipe members of the administration and put them in jail, which happened, or just flip some of these guys and try to get the big guy. So that's uh, that's incredible, and that's historic. And someday, maybe someday, when the mass hysteria goes away and uh, in, in some integrity enters the establishment media. Someday they'll investigate that. They'll look at this, and you'll see just how much bigger than Watergate this was. And this was an attempt to take down an elected president, and that's disgusting. That is bad, bad news. And heads need to roll. AG Barr, that's all you got to do. Just clean out those the people who were responsible for this. And if it's Comey, it's Comey. If it's struck, it's struck. Heads need to roll. You can't have... These guys throwing a soft intel coup against the president. It's dangerous. It compromises him. You think he's crazy and needs the 25th Amendment invoked now. You have the guy cornered you know, by these vipers in the intel community for three years. How is that supposed to help his mental health? 
I've got no problem with it. Three and a half years, and I've done it, suffering through investigations where people have been, General Flynn, where people have been so unfairly treated. The Russia hoax, it was all a hoax. The Mueller scam, it was all a scam. It was all false. I made a bad decision on one bad decision, Jeff Sessions. And now I feel good because he lost overwhelmingly in the great state of Alabama. Here's the bottom line. I've been very unfairly treated. And I don't say that as paranoid. I've been very, everybody says it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But with tremendous evidence right now as to how unfairly treated I was. President Obama and Biden spied on my campaign. It's never happened. Good line. Keep using that line. President Obama and Biden, although I would make it Vice President Biden and Obama, the VP was in those meetings where they decided to keep the ball rolling in early 2017. That's a good line, Mr. President. Tweeting about Joe Scarborough and Mika, you know, being ugly is not important. What you just said, that is important. So if you want to begin building narratives, have 10 things to talk about. I'd make eight of the 10 uh, positive things, jobs returning, or return to normalcy, uh, having the American economic engine hit its stride again, things like that. Keep talking about American grace, uh, greatness and inclusion for all, that this country belongs to all people of all wealth, of all, uh, uh, of all uh, class brackets, of all races, positivity, positivity, at the same time, say we, it can never happen again, there's a coup, and in illegal investigation, a com conducted by an incoming, an outgoing administration and um, the country's intel community. It cannot happen. No more tweeting about dumb stuff, though. Because all of it's a wash. All of it's a wash. And it will be, this will be political suicide if you just tweet yourself out of contention. And already, there are some polls showing almost a 20-point swing now where you are far, far uh, in the backfield, and you need to catch up here. You need 200 cc's of disciplines, sir. Happened in history. If it were the other way around, the people would be in jail for 50 years right now. That would be Comey, that would be Brennan, that would be all of this, the two lovers, Strzok <laughs> and Page. They would be in jail now for many, many years. They would be in jail, it would have started two years ago, and they'd be there for 50 years. The fact is, they illegally spied on my campaign. Let's see what happens. Despite that, I did more than any president in history in the first three and a half years. Mr. President, thank you. Thanks thank for you. talking with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I don't even have, as long as it's not done in an underhanded way, for instance, writing op-eds at Slam Fauci. Fauci is, you know, he's under the executive branch. He's working amidst the administration on the COVID stuff. I think it's okay. If you want to criticize or or put a critical eye to some of Crouchy's, uh, Fauci's work, I think that's fine. Everybody has been wrong on this. And Fauci has not been the pillar of truth. He purposefully misled the American people. But to me, that's unforgivable. To me, you could fire him just on that, and that, that would be fine. For them to manipulate the American people, when you're trying to have the American people trust you so much that they surrender their normal lives and their livelihoods for you you can't lie to them it will destroy their faith in you and it already has that's one of the reasons people say screw you on the masks because it used to be no masks and then it was definitely masks it used to be we need ventilators then it was no it was not about ventilators 
It used to be oxychloroquine was uh, terrible and awful, and Trump was killing people with a fish tank cleaner. And now stuff appears to work. There's so much information coming out here that uh, contradicts itself that you've got a problem. There is a deficit in faith. This is Fauci on, uh, on uh, GBH just a couple days ago. We have a problem. We need to admit it and own it. But we've got to do the things that are very clear. First of all, stop telling us we need to admit it and then own it. We've taken pay cuts. We've been furloughed. Everything's closed. Stock market plunged. People have died. Stop it as if we're, once again, we're wayward children. Yeah, that we need to do to turn this around. Remembering we can do it. We know that when you do it properly, you bring down those cases. We've done it. We've done it in New York. New York got hit worse than any place in the world. And they did it correctly. They died. You got like, at this point, what, 34,000 dead people in New York? They did it correctly? The deaths are up again, ticking up again in New York, by the way. Shut up. I'm so sick of this guy not being level. I'm sorry about that. I know that he's a hero and he's done all sorts of research and he's changed up and saved lives. But I'm allowed to be mad at him right now, okay? New York did it right. 32,000? Okay, so should everybody lose 32,000? Massachusetts did it right. 8,300. 8,300 people. Connecticut's numbers are high. You know, right now, still, Florida and Texas's numbers of deaths are still relatively low. I mean, too many, but I don't think either of them are over 5,000 at this moment. I hope not. A media person just tweeted out something about in Nashville showing this big bar full of people outside saying, this is very disappointing, whatever, you know, you should do what we did in Massachusetts. And I'm like, in t Tennessee's lost 800 people. We lost 8,000 in Massachusetts. And maybe the bar isn't the right thing. Maybe that's absolutely going to spread it. Maybe it's airborne now and it doesn't spread it. Or maybe it's we're screwed no matter what and it's going to hit us all no matter what. Who knows? There's a lot of different information. But we can't just mark our territory with these false truths right now because either it makes us feel important and like a, a really good responsible member of the community or because it's a way of sticking it to Trump. And that's why the school thing is crazy. With the teachers union saying, no, 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 we can't, we can't go, we can't be the nerd, it's too risky for us, it's too risky. But that's their jobs. You're teachers, you have to teach the kids. And if you don't want to teach the kids, that's fine. Lowe's is hiring. Home Depot is hiring. That's fine. But the cops are out there doing their job. And the uh, the firemen are out doing their job. I keep getting told from the teachers' unions that your children are our most precious natural resource. Well, we have to take care of the precious natural resource then, right? It's incredible. Craig Melvin of MSNBC had uh, talked about this and had uh, essentially cited some, or brought on some pediatricians saying, hey, the question was posed, hey, do you want to, uh, are you going to have your own kids go into school? Should you go into school? Listen to a person, what these pediatricians say, and then listen to how unprepared um, the anchor was to hear it. I will. My kids are looking forward to it. Yes. yes. I will. My kids are looking forward. Back to school. 
I will. My kids are looking forward to it. Yes. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. As much as I can. <laughs> Without a hesitation. Without a hesitation. Yes. I have no concerns about sending my child to school in the fall. I would let my kids go back to school. Dr. John Torres, NBC News. Silence. Silence. They all said yes. Back to school. There you go. Sorry for the crappy, um, choppy audio. They all said yes, says Craig Melvin. Oh, um, wait a second. But they're healthcare professionals, too. That goes against the... That's what happens when you have the weekend staff on. They weren't there all week. You know, they've got regular gigs all week, and they've just got weekend gigs and broadcasting. So the producers that are, don't understand the themes that you're trying to run with, and the theme they're trying to run with is that the healthcare professionals uh, and, and the poor teachers are saying that... Uh, you know they can't we can't risk the life of teachers that's these pediatricians say no, no you gotta help the kids because it'll damage the kids and it could really damage the kids and to also involve uh involve deaths so some positive news charles barkley has addressed you know there's been this there's been this 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 cloud of anti-semitism happening and deshaun jackson has been saying stuff and ice cube has been saying stuff and just these these uh ugly anti-semitic in some in some areas uh oh nick cannon you know we played that a couple of days ago about white savages or and he said the anti-semitic stuff there's been a big spike in anti anti crime against jewish people in new york city and around the country uh for religious crime crime against jews is number one in this country and uh you can see the, the videos all over all over social media here so charles barkley uh in the wake of all these things uh, decided to uh, say his piece listen Deshaun Jackson, Steven Jackson, Nick Cannon, Ice Cube. Man, what the hell are y'all doing? Like, y'all want racial equality. We all do. I don't understand how insulting another group helps our cause. And the only person called y'all on it was Kareem. We can't allow black people to be prejudiced also especially if we're asking for white folks to respect us, give us economic opportunity, and things like that. I'm so disappointed in these men, but I don't understand how you beat hatred with more hatred. That stuff should never come up in your vocabulary, and it should never come up in your heart. I don't understand it. I'm never going to accept it. And I'm asking you guys, I'm begging you guys, man, you guys are famous. You got a platform. We got to do better, man. I want allies. I don't want to alienate anybody. And to take shots at the, the, the Jewish race, the white race, I just don't like it because it's not right. And I had to call him on it because it's really, it's really been on my heart. All right, Charles. Well said by Charles Barkley. Just gets right to the point. It's got to stop. And it's it's. I just see more of it. Unfortunately, it's not just. By the way, it's it's certainly not just the Black Lives Matter folks. And and uh, although there was a divest or um, some Palestine platform in their early in their early incarnation, but um, there's just been a lot of uh, there's a lot of on the right wing folks like the Groypers, if you know Nick Fuentes, whatever. These this. There's more and more chatter that's very uncomfortable in more and more people who were kind of mainstream conservatives. I mean, it's not out of control at the moment, but there are a couple of folks that I used to really look up to who uh, who I 
do not anymore. And I'm I just uh, said, uh, sayonara. I'm done with you. I can't. Uh, I don't. I don't like this. I don't know how this happens that we decide to. I guess I historically, you know how it happens. There's a there's a, enough forensic evidence to show how large scale anti-Semitism happens, but I gotta think we're a little better than this at this point. Maybe we're not. As we've said, you know, the, the, the our nation is still still evolving, still attempting to get better, still trying to you know trying to crawl out from its uh, dark history of racism. Certainly, beginning with the uh, with the slavery in this country, and then through Jim Crow and et cetera, it, it, up through the '60s, and you know, it's still it's always will always be trying to improve, and things have improved greatly. Then sometimes you take a little step back. So here is, and this is surprising to me. Roger Stone went on the Mo Kelly show, and I think Mo Kelly's a guy. He's a black uh, guy, but radio host for who works for KFC, KFC, Jesus. KFI. <laughs> he works for KFI. He is, um, um, and he talked to Roger Stone. I think it was Saturday. They had a heated, pretty good interview, and then Stone was having cell phone trouble, and then something happened. So I'm going to play this, and we'll see if you catch it. I do believe that certain people are treated differently in the federal justice system. I do absolutely believe that. But I also believe that your friendship and relationship and history with Donald Trump weighed more heavily than him just wanting to make sure that justice was done by a person in the justice system that you were treated so unfairly. There are thousands of people treated unfairly daily. How your number just happened to come up in the lottery. I'm guessing it was more than just luck, Roger, right? So what we believe we heard there is, I'm not really sure why I'm arguing with this uh, N-E-G-R-O, he says, I believe. Um, so I'll play the rest of this so you can hear. Stone goes in and out, in and out, in and out, in, the, in Mo, Kelly. Mo Kelly. Mo Kelly did not miss that, <laughs> that term. Sorry, what was that? Roger? Roger. I'm sorry, what did you say? I'm sorry, you, you're you arguing with whom? <laughs> Think, Roger. I thought we were having just a very spirited conversation. What happened? Would you not like to continue the conversation, sir? I hear that the line is not dead. Uh, you're back. I don't know what that was. Well, there? yeah, I was Hello? I was talking and you said something about Negro, so I wasn't exactly sure. I did not. Oh, okay. You're out of your mind. Well, I don't You're think out of your so. mind. I'm, I, I, well, okay, well, <laughs> we'll let the listeners decide. What? Let me what? go to the next question then. <laughs> Good for Mo Kelly. Uh, I'm just broadcasting-wise, for thinking on his feet, catching it, thinking on his feet, trying to keep Stone engaged and trying to probe a little bit more. I mean, at that point, the... Damage had been done. I've got to say, when I first heard this today, I just listened through my cell phone. This was a speaker, and I thought, "Wait, I, you can't be sure that he said that word." It, you know, the words. I don't think it's a slur, but I guess it's it's. I guess it's a slur. I don't. I don't know. It's. It's just. I mean, Martin Luther King used to say the word "Negro" uh, for black people. Yes, but I guess we've changed the. Whatever. It's not a word I use, and and that uh, it's an old-fashioned word. I guess. 
it's not a great, it's not a wise word to use. I mean, it's maybe it's generational. You know, people's grandparents used to use other words. Okay, this is dangerous territory anyway. But so anyway, I listened to it today and I thought, wait, the phone has been dropping. It was obscured. Um, and also, like, would Roger Stone? He's a media wise guy. He knows enough about media. He's been in DC long enough to not just blow himself up like that. But then again, maybe he got, maybe he uh, thought that the call had dropped and he was, maybe he did say it. But also, Roger Stone goes in and fights everybody. Why would he personally take offense to this guy? Roger Stone has a fist fight half the time when he's on air. And sometimes he literally has a fist fight. So then I listen to it closer. And now, here, you can listen to it. I don't really feel like arguing with this Negro. I don't really feel like arguing with this Negro. It sounds like exactly what Mo Kelly thinks it's like. It, it sounds exactly like what Mo Kelly is saying now. It's tough for me to think it wasn't that. I don't really feel like arguing with this Negro. Oh, I'll slow it down for you. I don't really feel like arguing with this Negro. Yeah. Unless there are a set of words that exactly matches that and just er the first letter of each one was dropped because of cell reception. Yeah, it looks like uh, it, Roger is dead to rights in that one. Too bad. Um, yeah. Obviously, to say that, and good for Mo Kelly for standing up for himself, to stay, say that, like the guy, like Mo Kelly's lower than him, like he's not worth, he's not, an, he's not an equal, his humanity isn't equal. I'm not sure why I'm wasting this time with this blank. That's disgusting. <sighs> All right, let's get some wisdom from my friend AOC. I love how she's a philosopher. It's funny. Everything AOC says comes directly out of her BU classroom. She was a good student. You can tell. She must have been a really good student. Although she was a chemistry major. I wish you could see what she does with, with some of that. But uh, here we go. Landlords, you are on notice. Um, evictions at their core are about power. And it's about how people use certain degrees of power over you and the vulnerable and the working class. And so to fight that power, to fight the power of money, we need people power. We need to organize the individuals, neighbors, and friends around us. Right. Just paying the rent is not an option. Evictions are about power. It's not the fact that the landlord who may have just busted his rear end to get his first rental property needs that income, and that's what he's in that business for. He absolutely needs that income so that he can you know, provide for his family so that his family might flourish. No, no, no. It's about power. He's evil. Why would he else would be asking you for your money? You're entitled to his his private property because, I mean, after all, private property and the means of production really belong to us all, don't they? It's just craziness. And her whole thing is... Her whole thing is just... Like I said, welcome to the classroom at uh, Commonwealth Avenue in Massachusetts. And... Um, and you know, the people that try to defend this, they say, listen, it was a loan. It was zero capital. It'll come back. Well, what if we use that same instrument oh, God. to suspend She's all mortgage payments in the United States? 
Um, and then, so your landlord the person, doesn't have to make a mortgage payment. This is where you realize you sat next to the wrong wrong relative during Thanksgiving. Well. Oh, God. Um, where Philosophizing. Where you can get a break on Take your me away. mortgage Take payment. Take me. Something you don't to distract me. I'm going to a different place. Went away from from place. And that way, you can pay that. You, they tack it to the The sunlight hurts my eyes. Something without water. Inward breathing. No, 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 no. Then I look at you. And the world's all right. Or you're going to be um, or you're gonna be renting out to another oh. you. No, 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 go away. And I know it's gonna be a lovely day. Okay. So this guy, Andrew Marr, who works for the BBC, he's really good. He is really good. If you don't know him, he's this uh, BBC presenter who's very tough. And he had the Chinese ambassador to the UK in. And they talk about this and that. And then they move to a different topic and they run video. And you've seen this probably, and I think it's a couple years old, but of drone footage of Uyghurs in China. Uh, who are Muslims in China, uh, being essentially in uniforms and being thrown into trains or cattle cars or something and being moved somewhere. It, it It's every much the picture, every bit the picture of a genocide. And this is incredible to see. I mean, it, it so looks like the footage of concentration camps that, that you saw post-World War II that it's striking, it's it's just incredible, incredible. And I, whoever got that drone footage, man, I hope they got out of town. But, but and so Andrew Marr has the Chinese ambassador on, and he, he brings up the video, and he asks me a few questions about it. Let's look at some very disturbing drone footage that's been widely shared around the world. Um, this is uh, almost certainly over northern China, over Xinjiang. Can you tell us what is happening here? Silence, 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 silence. I cannot see, uh, you know, this video. This is not the first time you show me. I I still remember last year. Let me tell you this. Xinjiang, have you been to Xinjiang yourself? No, I never have. You know, Xinjiang is regarded as the most beautiful place in Xinjiang. It's gorgeous there. Why are you asking questions about cattle cars full of human beings? You see the mountains there? The landscape is second to none there. You've got to try the restaurants, by the way. There's a Chinese saying, you, you do not know how big but Chinese. Ambassador, you, that, you, is not, that is not beautiful coverage, however, is it? You know, Xinjiang, that is exactly what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> by the way, the Chinese ambassador should have gotten right into that Chinese saying and made sure it lasted exactly as long as that episode lasted until they had to go to commercial. Because this guy is not good at crawling out of this hole. 1990, Xinjiang has completely okay. changed because of this thousands of terrorist attacks. Well, people cannot. That, that was 10 years ago. Can I ask you why people are kneeling, blindfolded, and. So, this, there have been terrorist attacks, and there are Uyghur groups there who have done. Um, who have launched a few terrorist attacks, and there was this horrific stabbing 
in uh, five or six years ago where like 90 people were stabbed and killed at a police station and train station. There's some, uh, there's, it's, there's all sorts of things going on there. It's happened. This, this, this area of China was once an autonomous, autonomous place where the Uyghurs uh, dwelled and, and ran the government, etc. And more, uh, is it Han Chinese moved in eventually? And you, you know how this, uh, how this stuff um, happens. But as it, as it is now, the Chinese have been doing horrific things to the Uyghurs in this area and moving them all over the place and moving them out, I guess, is is, uh, is the point. And um, so this footage just just shows what's going on in a, in a really stark way. It's so systematic that it's just shocking. Shaven and being led to trains in modern China. Why? What is going on there? I do not know where you get this video tape. You know, sometimes you have a transmit, uh, your transfer of a prisons and the prisoners, you know, in any country. Um, but That's not exactly uh, something that absolves them, is it? No, they're weaker prisoners. We just throw them in jail. We're moving them. But just what is happening here, Ambassador? I do not know. Why did you get this uh, video the, clip? The, 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 I'd like a name. These have been going around the world. They've been authenticated by Western intelligence agencies and by Australian ex- uh, experts who say these are Ouija people. Let me, tell you, the ma- let, me, let me t- tell you this. The uh, uh, so-called uh, uh, Western intelligence keeping up make this a false acquisition against China. They said one million Ouija yes. has been uh, persecuted. You know how, how big, how, how many populations Xinjiang has? It's just about 40 years ago, it's a four, five million. Now it's 11 million people. And people say, you know, we impose, uh, we have a, a ethnic cleansing, but the population has doubled in the 40 years. According, and, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but according to your own local government statistics, the population growth in Uyghur jurisdictions in that area has fallen by 84% between 2015 <laughs> and 2018. 84%. Which tells you that the people are either gone or dead or both, which is disgusting. But uh, good for Andrew Marr of the BBC. I'm going to keep an eye on him and to grab more stuff. Is, maybe that, is that a guy who went back and forth with um, Ben Shapiro a couple of years ago? Anyway, that was um, just incredible. Watch it if you can. Hmm. Sunday night, it's the forbidden night of every weekend where you make the choice to either behave or have uh, irresponsible fun. I hope that everything... Whoa! I hope that everything is... Uh, good on your end you had a great weekend and that uh you're starting to get out there a little bit and uh, cast off some of the stress thanks for much for listening i appreciate it feel free to leave a uh, rating if you can email me thanks a lot everybody see you later When I say email me, I mean email me at winchester at gmail.com, W-I-N-N-C-H-E-S-T-E-R at gmail.com. Rarely have I lost the ability to find the words that I need to speak out loud more than I did today. I'll try to be less stupid in the future. I do thank you. See you later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.